0: This is Parenting for the Every Day, a podcast dedicated to meeting parents in the trenches of parenthood. We explore how our faith fits into our parenting. With the help of our guests, we are seeking practical tips on how the gospel can speak into our day-to-day parenting. From the easy stuff to the hard stuff, we want to talk about it all. Welcome. This is Parenting for the Every Day. I'm Becca Alvarez. And I'm Holly Dijkandrew. And we are starting our part three series of sports. We have so far talked about how Christian parents should respond in the sports arena, how parents should check in on their children's hearts. And today we are talking about how parents should check in on their own heart. We know that sports can be passed down from parent to child, which makes it a very easy thing to start living vicariously through your children, and that this can be a danger. And so we want to talk about all the complexities of what can be going on in your own heart as a parent and how that can be passed into your children. Once again, we have our lovely guests, Jimmy and Christy. Can you guys give us a rundown of yourselves real fast?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm Jimmy Cozy. I'm here uh, on staff at CCC as the uh, executive director of operations, also coach. Uh, a couple of sports for for about eleven years, and so I uh, just feel really passionately about uh, Christian parents navigating this environment.
2: And My name is Christy Mitchell. I'm also on staff here at CCC, and I am the sports director. And um, yeah, have a background in coaching, parenting, and roughing as well.
1: Christy is a big deal, and she won't say so. <laughs>
2: yeah, Christy is we a know she is past
1: tense. I coach middle school sports. She coached Division One.
0: And you were a mediocre athlete,
1: and so. I was at, at the best. At best. At best. <laughs> I'm also a mediocre coach at best.
2: I, you know, I just coached longer and tricked them. So you're saying if I stick with it, I'll
0: get (laughs) Urban Meyer's job. Probably get to that level. (laughs) So, like I mentioned, sports can often be passed from parent to child, and that gives opens the door for parents to live vicariously through their children. What can be the dangerous of that? The danger of that.
1: I mean that sounds incredibly dangerous.
0: It does sound incredibly dangerous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just on the but surface, so common. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I think. I mean, one thing I wanted to say even before that is, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good that can come from sports, like even in a parent child relationship if if it's healthy. But I would say living vicariously through your child is is not. That's definitely dangerous. I think. First and foremost, because, you know, you, you, a child like any other person was created to know and love Jesus. And so, uh, and I just feel like I'm not a, you know, I'm not a therapist or a counselor or anything close to it, but I do know that that there is a lot that, uh, that our parent relationships really matter. And uh, feeling loved and, and feeling affection and affirmed and like you belong with your parents is really, really significant for a child. And I just think that um, a parent who is living vicariously through their child's athletic accomplishments or lack thereof is really putting a lot of pressure on a relationship that is not made to have that kind of pressure and actually could be really damaging to their, their child.
0: I am a therapist, and and a quote that I really love is that um, if you criticize your children, especially if you over-criticize them, they're not going to stop loving you. They're going to stop loving themselves, and so I think keeping that mindset, especially in a sports arena, when you have opened the door to live vicariously through them, that criticism isn't going to impact necessarily their love for you, but it's definitely going to impact their love for themselves.
2: You know what's a bit challenging about that statement, too, is I'm going to guess that most people would say, no, I'm not living vicariously through my child. Um, But if anybody has had any age of a child in a sport and have been to one game, you have definitely observed parent behavior where you could probably jump to the conclusion that the results of this game mean everything to that parent right there. Um, We don't know their child, and we don't know how the child is going to react to that, but exactly what you just said – Um, they might not even know it, but, um, they are living vicariously through their child and it is seen by their reactions and something Jimmy just said, how that relationship with our children is so important. Um, it's interesting when you are scale, you know, you're at a game with other parents, you can tell a lot about that parent's relationship with their child purely by the reactions at a game.
1: I could say I've, I've observed this even as a coach, you know, uh, I can I can definitely I have can definitely think of scenarios in the past where I've been able to sense this incredible tension between uh, the parent and the child. You know, one example is you know I I coach football and we we film our games and like we have a, a software that allows us to clip together playlists and that sort of thing, but it also gives the players the ability to do that. And, you know, I remember going on to like the administrative side at one time and I was putting together, you know, kind of the clips that I was going to show the team, which I usually choose like 14 clips that we're going to show because we want to keep it simple because they're in, they're little, they're middle schoolers. And I saw a playlist that a parent had created called corrections that was just for their son that had 32 clips on it. Wow. And I was like, so you're telling me your son came home from the game. And you said, hey, hey, son, welcome home. Sit down, turn the TV on. I have 32 plays for you to see where you messed up. And I'm like, I just cannot imagine what that, you know, and and I I just think that that is a really, really dangerous thing.
3: We're going to talk about some post-game behavior a little bit later, but I want to even pull it back further to even the start of sports. What do you guys think about uh, making your kid play a certain sport and uh, forcing them into it?
2: I think a keyword you said is a certain sport. Um, I do. I depending on the age, right? So if we're talking about startups, um, and if they've they've never been a part of this sport, I'm guessing that the child's right away is going to say, "I don't, I don't want to," right? So I think there's there's definitely times where it's great to encourage them to play to try um, it, to try it, yeah, to try to play sports. Like I, I am an advocate for. You know, parents with really young children who say that their kids don't like sports. Everything in me wants to be like, how do you know yet? How do like maybe last year that, but maybe try this year or try a different sport. So, um, your word on certain sport, I think that's also a whole other tricky thing because parents, you know, who have grown up playing this one sport or had dreams of playing this one sport that were possibly shattered, and and then you know they have a child that they can't wait to play this sport. Yeah. It's probably unfortunately forced without even knowing it. So I think that's that's a fine line. But if it comes to a point where the child doesn't want to play it anymore, and they might be a little like old enough to make the decision, I think I think a lot of that depends on age.
1: Yeah, I think uh, from from my perspective, this depends on your motivation for for forcing, so to speak, the child to play the sport. You know, I think uh, it's interesting when Christy was talking. My, my son is really young. You know, he turns four in a, in a couple of months, and. Uh, but there is something that happens when he throws on a a pretend football helmet and picks up a football where I'm like, oh, that would be, and I, but I think even in that moment, I can feel myself, you know, reacting differently than maybe I've ever reacted around sports before. I was like, it would be so great if he wanted, uh, to, to play football. But I think, um, you know, like I said before, it comes back to motivation. I think there are healthy reasons to force your kid to play a sport. Uh, whether it's because they need the structure in their life or they need to encounter some adversity or uh, they love it and you want them to have joy or um, I, although I don't think you're going to have to force a kid to play a sport that they love. But I do think that, you know, I think it depends on the situation and your motivation behind it. Uh, but if if it fits within the, fr- the, the greater framework of what am I doing, like my intent here is to, uh, help my kid become a well-rounded, fully formed adult who loves the Lord and is following Jesus. There are roles that sports can play in that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to force kids to do stuff that, that pushes them toward Jesus. Oftentimes you have to force them. If you, if you let, the, let your kids call the shots on everything in their mm-hmm. lives, it's going to turn out poorly. So.
3: Well, and to Chrissy's point, sometimes they don't want to do something because they they're afraid of the unknown or they don't understand it. So saying, hey, try it and then make it an informed decision.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of funny. I, I promise I have pictures of my kids, one year old with lacrosse stick. So those of you who don't know me, lacrosse has been the tool that I have been coaching for 27 years. And that was so exciting that, you know, when I saw them young and holding a lacrosse stick and then, and it was hard for me to, you know, to make sure that they knew you don't have to play like they, you know, they all three actually play lacrosse, but I (laughs) promise you, we had all those conversations and they do other sports as well. But it was, there was a phase there where my daughter told me she wasn't going to play lacrosse. And I, do, that's totally fine. You know, my one girl, but that's totally fine. And I know it was because lacrosse was mom's job, but then she came, she came around Jimmy. But anyway, I, I've been there as well. And that's just a natural, cause we love it. Like it's exciting if whatever our favorite sports are, it's just, you know, they're, you know, our kids, so we love them. So yeah, that common gra- it, yeah. Yeah,
1: There's just the possibility of that kind of common ground in your relationship. Yeah, I can see, <laughs> but that's not, yeah. And it, I think if it, if it's motivated by Uh, you know, I'm going to force you to play basketball because I think you could be a division one basketball player and you don't even really want to do it. But every day I'm, you know, forcing you to go to the gym or driving you to the place to do this or that. It's like, yeah, that's a little, that's a little different.
0: Another question, just kind of a natural one after maybe forcing your child to play a sport is do you ever allow your child to quit a sport and what would the reasons be or the reasons not?
2: So I think again, timing is everything. Yeah. Perseverance produces character. And there is a time where our kids are going to have to persevere through some really hard things. And whatever decision you come to as a family, it's going to be different in situations. It's going to be different for families and timelines and all of that. I think you need to make sure it's not a reactionary decision. It's not, Coach did this, I want to quit. It's not, I didn't play, I want to quit. It's not, I didn't reach this goal, so I'm going to quit. I think those are beautiful teaching moments. Um so I would I would I would say pursue the se- you know persevere through the season um and then reevaluate um but again it's just it's situational with the timing but just make sure there's no or le- not a ton of emotions behind it.
1: Yeah I mean uh, uh this is not something that I've really encountered my my oldest daughter has done some swimming and I think at various points said I don't want to do this anymore and I think we would probably fall on the side of saying, you know, we're going to finish the season um and get to a natural break point. I do think there's something to be said for if you commit to something, if you decide to do something, it's important to follow through. Um but I think at the same time, you know, that this traces ultimately back to, you know, on a macro sense, if my kid wants, let's say my kid's been playing football for 4 years and and he says I don't want to do this anymore. You know, if it's if it's no longer something that he wants to do, that he's not finding joy in, um, then I think yeah, yeah, I think at a natural break point, I, I feel like you should we should allow them to make that decision, um, I, because I wouldn't want them to get the impression that uh, as a parent, what's most important to me is that you play this sport. You know, maybe God made you as a kid who doesn't like playing football, and that's okay. That's good. God made you that way. You know, you're created in His image, and and so that's fine,
0: and I don't. I also don't have um, a child old enough to play sports, but it seems like it would be a good thing for a parent to have natural check-ins too. If this sport still does bring you joy, if this is something that you are wanting to do, and not something that you're feeling pressured by me or your dad to to do, because uh, I think that sometimes passions as parents can be misconstrued, even if you're not meaning to. Um, that emphasis on sports or the love of it or the camaraderie of it can be misconstrued as something that this child has to do. Well,
1: even if, yeah, and you just have to make sure that you go over the top in communicating, you know, you might in your heart know that you're going to love your child right. no matter what, but you have to be careful not to inadvertently give them the impression that uh, it really matters to you that, because that, that they play X Y Z sport. Because I do think children they want to please their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, even even teenagers who act like they don't, they do. They 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 want they don't. Nobody says you know what I want my dad to be disappointed in me. Like nobody says that. They 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 want to please their parents, and so uh, we can be we can do some damage there if we make them think that what really matters to us is you do this sport.
3: That's actually a good segue for our next question, because it talks about the impact of our words and our actions as parents. And so let's talk a little bit about what our role is. Uh, if we do have a child that's playing sports, you know, the day before a game or the day of a game and even after a game, how are we responding? What are we saying to them? What should we be saying to them?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if it's like, hey, pregame, postgame, what kind of things should be saying? You know, that it'll be interesting for me when I actually get into this situation because I have coached sports before. So I think I can, I can definitely feel that I will find myself tempted to, you know, be like, well, if you just, you know, your, your footwork was a little off here and your hand placement was a little off here and you know, you're not, you're not taking your time at the free throw line and so on and so forth. Um, but I I do think like, uh, what I would, what, what's interesting is what I tell parents right now is what your son needs to hear is, uh, pregame, you know, have fun, do your best. Uh, and post game, did you have fun? Did you do your best? I'm proud of you. You know, it's interesting. That's what I say. Now, yeah, I don't know. You know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, as Mike Tyson says. So I don't know what it's going to be like if I actually have a, a kid who's an athlete, but I'd like to think that it would be saying similar things to that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny. And I know I've mentioned the coach hat parent hat before, but I do feel like, you know, I've said parents react this way, you know, this is your role during a game. And then a game happens and my son or daughter is involved in it. And I have to check myself in my reactions. Um, But as far as pregame, postgame, I think part of parenting is also understanding your child. Um, So yes, I think Jimmy might've said it, or maybe you didn't, but they already have a coach. So we don't we don't need to be another coach or another set of ears, um, but I also need to know I have three children that they're all very different, and you know maybe one of them loves to chat with me before a game. Maybe another one goes to a game high anxiety, and it'd be best for me to just look them in the eyes and say, "Do your best, like I'll do the rest," or whatever is of need to that child. Um, but. Also, to check our intentions because if I feel like, well, gosh, if I don't tell them this, this, and this, and they're going to lose the game, then I'm probably saying it with wrong motives. Um, and, and that is where we have to make sure pregame, postgame, during the game, wherever it's going to happen, we've got to think of our motives. Um, if, if parents are thinking something won't happen unless I say this, then they are thinking they know more than every single person on that field. And we probably should, they might know a lot, right? But we should probably check our motives.
1: Yeah, and one thing I would say here is one thing to keep in mind is that you are the only person who can be the parent to your child, by, by definition. And so, um, so many people can coach. You know, they've got depending on the level that they're playing, they might have two, three, four, five coaches already who are speaking into their their athletic development. But you are the only one who can be their their parent. You, they only have the, you. That's it. And so, you have to play the role that God gave you, and God unless you're in a situation where you're coaching their team which is a whole separate podcast I think that we don't need to get into today but God made that child and gave them to you to disciple, to love, to point toward Jesus. and so um, it's more important that you do that than it is that you give them athletic pointers and and maybe I, again I've, I've not experienced this scenario because my kids are too young but but I would maybe one thing to think about would be uh, if is to wait for your child to ask you. In terms of pointers for how to be a better basketball player or a better lacrosse player, I don't know if that ever happened to you, Christy. Where, like, because you were an expert, that your your kids came to you and said, "Hey, people know
2: me. They're listening, mom." To this
1: or yeah, no well, you know, well, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. So.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, I exactly what why I said it in the beginning. Like, I I definitely have had. You know, one of my children love to talk to me Mm -hmm. about lacrosse stuff right before a lacrosse game, or you know, talking about evaluating a game, you know, after a lacrosse game, more than they want to hear my pointers during their swim team event or whatever. Because you know, I don't know that, but yeah, I think, I mean, when they reach out, it also brings me a lot of joy. But it's different when they reach out than me telling them. Right. Um, And then what you were just saying a second ago, too, as parents, we also have a moment to decide what we want to be known for. And kids are going to remember how we talk to them on game day. Um, they're going to remember whether we were encouraging no matter what, or if mom or dad was disappointed when we lost and if I had to avert eye won.
1: contact during the game; like I couldn't look into the stands because mm-hmm. I, I was afraid of what my dad or my yeah. mom was going to say or what what they were going to be. Yeah,
2: yeah, that is what's going to be remembered, not the win or the loss.
3: This is really good conversation, and I think uh, this practical. Um, advice of how kids are going to look back and what they're going to remember uh, kind of leads to kind of one of our final questions as we kind of wrap up this series. And I think it will summarize each series that we talked about. But um, what are practical ways that we can, as parents, be checking our own hearts and then, of course, leading our our kids closer to Jesus through sports?
1: Yeah, I mean, from for me, I think the most practical piece of advice I can give is to uh, it, I like to try to think of your life in terms of investment levels and even the way that you parent your child in, in terms of investment levels. I know this is something that I think about a lot, but just um, does the intensity with which I am investing in some other area of my kid's life match the intensity with which I am investing in helping them grow in their faith or putting them in a position where they're growing in their faith? Uh, Because at the end of the day, our primary responsibility as parents is to disciple our children and point them to Jesus. So if I have to choose between my son turning out to be a tremendous football player and uh, turning out to be an adult who's loving and following Jesus. If I have to choose, then I, I have to make the decision that's going to lead to outcome number two and not outcome number one. So even things like, hey, look back in your, if your kids are old enough that you text back and forth, look back in your text thread. And what do you talk about with them? What are you, what are you giving them advice on? What do you share share with, with them? Like, uh, does the uh, the practical outflow of your convictions actually match the stated conviction, the conviction itself. Because I don't know, you know, I don't know of many Christian parents who would unabashedly say, "Yeah, I care way more about sports than I do about Jesus." When it comes to my kid's life, that that's how idols work. They're sneaky. You know, if if it was easy to to tell, then they wouldn't it wouldn't be so common where it would happen where an idol would creep into our life. But I would say one thing you can do is just, is just take a look at not what you say you believe, but how it's actually playing out in your life. When I, when I talk to my son, is it more about you know what he needs to change in his game so that he can score a couple more points? Or is it about, am I more concerned about how is your relationship with Jesus? Is, are you growing? Are you spending time around other people who are Christians? Are you spending time in God's Word? Because I think that, that's, that's our first role and our main role as parents.
2: And I think just circling back what I answered in the last one of actually taking time to pause, to think about what you want to be remembered for in your parenting on the sidelines. And, you know, as they grow up through sports, what do you want to be known for? And exactly what Jimmy just said, what is most important? Um, and when you when you check it, does it all line up to don't make excuses where I'm just an intense parent Or I just really love sports, so it just makes me loud on the sidelines. Just check our excuses, check our reasoning, um, and make sure that there's also not the excuse of, well, I don't really know how to point them. So I know sports. I don't know how to disciple. That's not true. You you know Jesus. You know who to point them to. You know how to love them. You know how to encourage them. You know how to do it. So just just check ourselves.
1: Yeah, and I think the last thing, kids are smart, and they are uh, always watching. And, and I know that, that can be really sobering to think about, but it can also be, uh, it's just such a, a, a high calling that the Lord has given us to, you know, if God has given you a child, he has entrusted that child to you, he made, him, he made the child, he gave the child to you, it's your job to point that kid to Jesus and help them grow and love him.
0: Well, Jimmy and Christy, thank you so much for being with us, for going through each part of this series and sharing just your expertise and your knowledge and your wisdom. Um, This has been Parenting for the Everyday, three-part series on sports. Make sure you tune into each one of the episodes as we walk through the complexity of what this beautiful, wonderful, difficult activity is. Um, Thank you for sticking with us. And
3: again, tune in next time.